Olá, Ash. How are you today? It's not, not bad. Not bad. Not you're, bad you're at all. Not, okay, the hell's alright. How, how did our first podcast go? I know you've been watching it, unfortunately, a little bit closer than I have. Smashed it. Like, a full 30 views. Like, full, solid 30 listens on 30 YouTube. 30 listens, is that what we got? Oh, I don't, I'm not sure if it's 30, but it was probably in the hundreds to 200s. <laughs> is that even a real stat? No, not at all. Not checking. We're doing this for fun. We're doing this yeah, for the we love. Are, we are doing this for fun. Um, we had some great feedback on our last chapter. Which oh, we're the Combat Chronicles, by the way. Oh, we are. The Combat Chronicles. Forgot that part. You'll hear our theme song in post-production. Love the post. <laughs> Shout out to the post-production. We're going to start this episode off. Uh, Hold on. Aren't you going to go back and tell us about last week? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. about the feedback? Yeah, I've got the feedback and uh, I've, I've recorded all the feedback. I've documented it in a Word document because I'm very organised like this. Nah, so organised. Um, so we had a lot of feedback from many different people who surprisingly listened to the show, which was quite lovely. You were surprised about who listened to it? Uh, yeah, I was. Um, people who I didn't think would listen to it. I've got a couple of shout outs. We're going to call this segment the shout out, your favourite thing. The shout-out? The shout-out. Okay. Uh, so, this one is from a person that goes by the username Mango Tree. Mango Tree? Yeah. Um, this is for the, the gypsy, you. Oh, the gypsy. I like the gypsy. Here's his comment. Nice one, boys. Wouldn't mind a discussion about how the shit-talking game has changed UFC and MMA. Most recent, Masvidal knocking out Askren and the aftermath of that. Well, just a quick side note. Our uh, YouTube video of Masvidal knocking off Askren. That was a full, you know, twelve hundred views there. Oh, you're if you haven't seen joy. it, if you haven't seen it, but uh, what are your thoughts, Ash, from Mango Tree? Uh, thank you, Mango Tree, for like, commenting, and subscribing. Um, I don't think the uh, shit talking game has changed MMA. I think it's always been there. I think it's more prominent now. That's definitely the thing. Only really because the height of um, what's his name, Conor McGregor. But I don't think that like. I don't know if it's changed the game. I think the UFC have used it more to sell itself just for the fact that the actual sport has slowed down. Like This is one thing that used to be called the fastest growing sport in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Just based on the athletes and, you know, the actual sport of it. And then when that started to slow down and the entertainment factor needed to be sold and they had expectations around having TV networks and views and meeting budgets, I guess, and... So they needed other reasons to set for people to tune in. They need to sell pay-per-views. Like, you know, they haven't sold pay-per-views in years in the numbers like they used to. So oh. I think that's why, the, like, the shit-talking is more prominent. So I do agree with you, but, I, like, I don't necessarily agree that it wasn't there before. Like, you had T.O.T.'s. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? 100%. He like, was... Those he, track fights. Horrible trash-talking, but it was still there. And this is we're talking ten, over 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the... I'm not going to comment on the quality of trash-talking, because I guess that's got better as people become better villains. Yeah, I suppose. But you got to look at it, too, who's now in the spotlight for trash-talking. It's Jorge Masvidal. This guy's a street G. He's been been there since day one. Yeah, but I don't even know if you call it trash talking with him. It's like I think it's he he's just been himself. And the the little bits and pieces that I've heard because I didn't really keep up with the fight beforehand was that I saw a clip of him on on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. Um, the number two podcast in the world. Number two. Right, and he was talking about like this was pre the fight. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or yeah. A few months before. Yeah. And he was talking about like how he was, like, disrespecting, like, his people and, like, you know, his country and where he's from. And that's how he felt, right? Regardless of what, if that was true or not. Yeah. So he was, like... But I did agree with one thing, and and that's the thing is, 
like before an MMA fight. I know they're selling it, but like some people say some crazy shit, and then like you're supposed to be the bigger man in every situation, and then just be like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna forget what you say, and and like, yeah, there has to be some sportsmanship like after the fight, but like you can still be pissed off with what he says. It's still a fight. At the end of the day, it it's is a fight. a fight. It's a fight. Don't get it twisted. They call this a sport, but it's 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 entertainment at the end of the day, right? Appreciate that one, Mango Tree. Got to work on the username. I'm not sure about the username, Mango, Mango Tree. Mango Tree. I don't know who that is. I really don't. Our uh, next shout out is from the Calvin Klein Street King, Aldo. The Calvin Klein Street King. His name's Aldo. Right. He says he says Brock Lesnar poofed. I'd smash Brock Lesnar too. That's what he said. Oh, because I want to fight Brock Lesnar. Yeah, in response oh, to I, you. I, I'm not even joking. Where I, I would, I would get, I, I would, I would have a go with him. I would have a go with him. I think the. I, I mean, I think the worst thing that could happen to me is he storms me, like, and picks me up for a double. Yeah, I don't think his level changes are that good to take you down, though. I'll, I'll back you, man. I got your back. I, I, I honestly think that I could strike with him, and I have very limited striking, and I think I could roll with him. Right? I, I, I think I'd get like if he got on top of me and like. You know, that would be, like, well difficult to deal with. But I think I, I think I could hang in there. As long as he doesn't pick me up and drop me off my head. Because that's the only thing that would that would worry me, honestly. What about um, the Calvin Klein Street King? He seems to think he could smash him as well. <laughs> I rolled with him yesterday. He's not all that. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Calvin Klein Street King, Aldo. Uh, we boosted a couple of our posts just to test it out to see what it was like. And we got some interesting responses from... Mainly people who speak Arabic, who speak Persian, who are... Persian? Uh, yeah, had a couple of Persian responses. This is from um, Laili Sahil. Uh, and this was... She sent me this message in Persian, mind you. Shout out to Laili Hasil. Um, I don't think she's listened was. to the show, but she, <laughs> she liked the post. That's what matters. Uh, she sent us... Uh, Hi, peace be upon you. May God grant you goodness and help us make money. Long live the king. Any tips... Ash, on how she can make some money from wherever she's from? Nah, man. If she wants to fight Brock too, she should come train with me. <laughs> <laughs> I need all the training partners I'm going to get. Uh, well, that's our. Uh, that's the end of that segment. That was a real big success, I reckon. Yeah, um, that was a great. I can't wait for the, the next segment. We'll if you want to be featured on the shout-outs, send us a message, comment on our videos, and share and subscribe. Um, yeah, and if you don't do all those things in one go, then we won't read your comments. Yeah, like, share, and subscribe. Like I've said thousands and thousands of times again. This episode of the Combat Chronicles is a chapter two, covering probably one of my favorite fighters and probably one of the all-time greats, Alistair Overeem. Yeah, Overeem. Yeah. Alistair What's his? Overeem. Does he have a nickname? Uh, he used to carry the big Thor hammer in um the Demolition Man. The Demolition That's Man. That's what they used yeah, to call him. The, yeah. I haven't heard him use that name. He did. I think he used that name in Strike Force. Yeah. I don't. I can't remember if he ever used that name in the UFC. He may not have. I don't think no, so. I don't think he did. Maybe Uberim. Because he was yeah, jacked. I think I, I think um, what's his name announced him as Uber Uber him a few times. So this is chapter two in our chronicles of the heavyweights of the heavyweights. So um, Alistair Overeem, thirty nine years of age, born on the seventeenth of May, nineteen eighty, in London, England. Surprisingly, so international fighter of uh, Dutch background, currently resides in Denver, Colorado, which is a bit a bit strange for the man who loves Thailand so much. Um, but does he still reside there? Well, that's what it says. This this is the Wikipedia. This is none okay. of our own original uh, reporting or anything like that. We're, we're <laughs> we do take, the hard-hitting stuff here. We steal everything that we produce on this show. 
Uh, incredible record. So nothing like Brock Lesnar like last week. This guy's had 63 MMA fights with 45 wins and 17 losses. Just think about how many fights that is, Ash. Yeah, that's hold on. That's MMA fights. Too, that's only right? MMA. Does it have a kickboxing record there? I'll get his kickboxing record up. Um, just while you. Yeah, because I mean, he became like most notably, he became the Strikeforce Heavyweight Champion. It says here on November the sixteenth, two thousand and seven. Phenomenal. Yeah, and he then actually didn't fight in Strikeforce for I think it was nearly three years later to the Brett Rogers fight, which we will watch today. So. Hold your horses on that. Got some great fights uh, featuring the Ream, Alistair Overeem coming up. Yeah, and you did mention um, that Overeem was like one of your favourite fighters and 100% he's one of my favourite fighters. I mean, you know, fighting way back in Pride. He fought in some of the greatest um, tournaments in Pride and had some great fights in Pride. I mean, he wasn't by far the best fighter in there. No, no, he wasn't. In terms of all-round ability, wasn't the best. But in terms of his striking ability as a heavyweight, definitely uh, was a pioneer in the terms of the clinch, the knees, the elbows, and really was one of the most dynamic strikers in the heavyweight division. Yeah, I mean, like he's all. I mean, his clinch has always been brutal. His 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 knees have always been brutal. His kicks have always been brutal. For for an MMA standard, like I guess you could say, right? I'm, and then, but I mean, he did win the K1 Grand Prix. I mean, a lot of things. People say that a lot of things went his way for for that. I mean, that was the 2010 Grand Prix. Um, and I guess that's when he beat Tyrone Spong. And I mean, like, people might not have said that was like the, his, his greatest performance of running those fights. I've seen all those fights. But, I mean, he, he won the striking, the biggest striking accolade at the time. Yep, K1. K1. And he was still fighting, like, MMA at that stage too. I mean, that... To me, that was the big thing, that his crossover between both was to train successfully for just for one discipline, but be able to win and fight between both disciplines. Especially kickboxing. Very brutal. Very hard sport. It's um, surprising, though. He's more he's known as a kickboxer for his accolades outside of kickboxing, but he hasn't had that many fights at kickboxing. He's had 14 fights in total. 10 wins. Is that 14 fights? Only really? 14, I yeah. I did not know that. So 10 wins, 4 losses. He's been knocked out 7 times. In kickboxing. In kickboxing? Yeah. Do you know how many times he's been knocked out in MMA? How many times? 13 times. Yeah, and how many is that's probably come in the last freaking, like, Last 10 fights, yeah. He's uh, sustained a lot of damage. Uh, fighting the best in kickboxing, fighting the best in MMA, constantly fighting for titles, constantly defending titles. I mean, in Strikeforce, I believe he defended his title a couple of times. Dream, he won the Dream Heavyweight title Championship. He has fought for the so UFC yeah, title. I'm pretty sure when he won that Dream Heavyweight Championship, he he just fought a couple of weeks before and won the K1. Yeah, and then like fought on New Year's Eve because I, I that's my infamous New Year's Eve where I said "fuck you" to everyone. I'm staying home this year, and I stayed home and watched that whole card. That, that was my New Year's by myself. And the party was at oh, Ash's house. This is the best New Year's ever I ever had, man. And yeah, he fought that Todd Duffy. Not that that was like ever going to be a fight, and it ended like a. I'm pretty sure he just demolished him in the clinch. And having a look here, the fight ended in the first round in, in one in 19 seconds. He killed so, it. He yeah. absolutely killed it. But I mean, he'd just come off fighting. he just winning that Grand Prix and then come in and fought for a dream title. I understand that it doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but he went. He switched disciplines that quickly. He had a lot to lose, potentially. 100%. And Brett Rogers was a, a demolition man at the time. He was he was 10-1, and one, just no, lost no, the so fatal. Oh, no, no, this was Todd no, Duffy. This is Todd Duffy. Yeah. So that year, he fought Brett Rogers at Strikeforce and defended his belt for Strikeforce as the first time since 2007, so three years before. And then 
four, the K1 Grand Prix in the, December? Or the, that the, was 11th, the, the, the 11th of December. Yeah, and then on the 31st of December, 2010, beat Todd Duffy, right? And then, I mean, he had a bit of time off because he didn't fight till Strike Force, the Overeem uh, Vadoom fight in uh, Strike Force, which was the Strike Force heavyweight. Grand, uh, the Grand Prix and that was their second fight that wasn't a fantastic fight yep. um, but that Grand Prix was fantastic man we should do an episode just on that Grand Prix that was great um, but yeah but that, that that 2010 year and that's where the first time that I'd seen uh, Overeem since remember him from my cousin used to play me the Pride videos was my cousin used to live in Japan and he introduced me to Pride back in 2008 and then I'd kind of seen him fight in those videos, those videos my cousin used to show me. And then 2010, when he fought Brad Rogers, he he had the biggest year ever. He fought Brad Rogers on Strike Force. He blew the world, the MMA world, apart. He won the K1 Grand Prix in December. Then yeah, December 11th, you said. But no, the 11th of December. So, then, what are your memories of that 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 K1 Grand Prix final? I saw, I, I saw it like, you know, probably I'd seen, I knew what I was reading all the results. I didn't see the fights actually to be, to be absolutely honest until after the Todd Duffy fight. I think I downloaded that whole final card, but I don't think I could actually find a torrent until, um, the, let's say the new year of 2011, because that fight was, uh, the, the middle of December, 2010. Got some explosive breaking news for you. Explosive breaking explosive. news? Explosive. From the mango? This is no, from a mango tree. <laughs> Fuck, change that username, bro. <laughs> Please. So, we mentioned the 11th of December, where he won the K1 title. Yeah. He had three fights that night. Yeah, that was a Grand Prix. He fought Tyrone Spong. He won a decision. Then he fought Gokhan Saki. It was a ref stoppage. He broke Gokhan's arm. And then he beat Peter Ertz. Peter Ertz. That was a decision, right? No, TKO punches. Oh, first minute of the first round. So, just to put it into perspective, sorry, Tyrone Spong, absolute world beater. Phenomenal striker. One of the best in the world. Gokhan Saki is notorious. The Turkish Tyson, one of the most deadliest strikers in K1. No, I clearly remember that fight. I don't remember. I can't remember the final, the Peter Ertz fight. And Peter Ertz was a quick TKO. And then, two weeks later, he's fighting for a heavyweight title in Japan. Yeah, that was crazy. Just crazy. Overeem is the man. Now, 2010 was his year. Oh, do you know what else happened in 2010? What's that, Dom? He fought Ben Edwards. Ah, Ben Edwards. Ben Edwards. Now, we're going to hey. play this fight. Actually, that is the best That is the best year. So, for, for anyone who doesn't know, Ben Edwards is an Australian K1, was an Australian one K1 kickboxer. Now, now he's an, an MMA, MMA fighter. Yep, MMA. He's actually had a couple of wins, right? Decent MMA fighter. Really, really good. Really he's solid. He trained at our gym a couple of times, didn't he? He has. He has. I had the pleasure of grappling with him. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It wasn't a pleasure, though. It wasn't a pleasure? No, he he's killed me. He's a big dude, right? Heavy man. Is big he tall, too? Uh, I'm the tallest guy I know, so it's really hard to con- con- compare us. All right, so if everyone doesn't understand our format, the format we used last time, we talk a lot of shit, we watch some fights, and we just kind of comment while these fights. So we're using uh, YouTube for this one, even though you can find it. I'm pretty sure it's on Fight Pass, but this was just easier for us. It's a K1 Grand Prix 2010 Seoul Final 16, Alistair Overeem versus Ben Edwards. Um, we're going to release this video with Ash's reaction oh, because... Yeah. I've known Ash for a long time now, and we've watched this fight probably 450 times, oh and Ash's God. reaction has never changed once. He doesn't put it on at all. It's still to this day. He's seen probably over 10,000 MMA fights, kickboxing fights, jiu-jitsu fights. fights. He's seen so many fights, but this fight in particular, for this some reason, 
breaks his heart every time. And, and I feel like my reaction might be great. I feel like I have to play it up now and it may not be fantastic, but the way he crumbles, the only other time I've seen someone crumble like that is maybe Stefan Struve when um, Roy Nelson hits him with that overhand right. Oh, that's and a he, nasty And his one. legs just like, he does that stanky leg like Rashad Evans did that time and he kind of just crumbles underneath. Anyway, all right, so let's let's play this. So this is this is Overeem qualifying to be in the um, tournament. In the tournament, the earlier that year, do we have a date on that? This one, let me bring it up for you. It wasn't too. It was it was it was in uh, October, second of October, two thousand and ten. Oh, okay. Wow, he had a busy year from finding um, Brett Edwards in June or July that year till December the thirty first, the last day of the year. Man, talk about a dude who fought. That consistently at that high of a level, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm not saying there isn't anyone, but I'm saying oh, incredibly active, incredibly active. All right, let, let's have a look at this, my mate, uh, Brett Edwards, uh, Ben Edwards. I should say he fought Brett Rogers later. All right, I just want to preface this by saying full respect to Ben Edwards. The guy never got the credit he deserved for making it this far in the K1 series. Yeah, and actually, he'd he'd won his first two Oceania um, qualifying in like tiny amount of seconds. I remember reading that. He beat both the guys so quickly, and that's how he ended up in the ring for. I don't know if it was that night, but um, yeah, he, he his his ring time leading up to this fight was like minutes. I'm pretty sure. So we've got Michael Chavallo on HDNet commentating this. But when we re-release this, you're not going to have no Mike Chavallo. You're going to have the Combat Chronicles commentating this bad boy. Here we go, Japanese referee oh, ben standard. Edwards. Hey, Ben Edwards was was a big. Like, he's a big guy. And, Just like, stoic. he looks so equal in Reem there. Too. Like, is Reem, you know... Reem is jacked. He's shredded. He's got the Latosaurus Rex happening. This is a great fight. No disrespect to Ben Edwards, but... Like, love Ben Edwards. Absolutely love Ben Edwards. Represented Australia. We can comment we on go. a fight. We're not being rude, but he got crushed. Here we go. Oh, Ooh, Ben comes out ben, aggressively. Ben comes out kind of swinging. Reem does that great cover-up. And I think that's hurt him a lot in MMA is he covers up thinking he's still wearing the big gloves and he just can't cover up like that with the small gloves. He's got him backed into a and, corner and, now. And like, oh, Reem's just throwing those knees like straight at him like a punch. But ben, Ben's not backing down. I think that was the, the, the key here. Oh. His right hand's dropped a little bit, Ben. He's got to keep those hands up. Leg kick, boom. But, but like, you know, it's over him. Over him, such a technician. Watch him pick a punch and then pick a kick and land them both you know yeah. what I mean and he's wearing MMA shorts to a kickboxing yeah, match he was on his what, a boss. He was on his what a boss what a boss oh shit oh, oh shit with that overhand right that's the first one he takes oh look Ben deep oh, breath buddy God. deep breath oh, boy, man. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna click that back I'm nah nah nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah I'm that back. it's alright people can do the same thing too oh. we just click it back because I want to see him like sorry Ben but I want to see you get folded again here oh Look, he throws that overhand right, and he backs him right in the corner, and he picks that perfect time. Oh, my God. He switches stands. Did yeah, you know, he I does. I think he's just walking forward. I don't think he intentionally switches. I think oh, he's walking okay. forward. Right. Yeah, right, he walks enough. him down. I was going to say, damn. Look, oh, my God. I, 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 but you know what What I like more about this fight? It's not that Ben Edwin gets knocked down. It's that he gets up. Yeah. And oh, 100%. He comes up, and he's throwing now. He's Here like, we go. nothing ever happened. Like, Reem... You see Reem trying to look, trying to grab that clinch, Tape. but he can't clinch two-handed Ooh, clinch in one, K1. Two. Here we go. Yeah. Man, oh. Ben is standing see, right in front of him, not moving. Not look, moving. Nah, he, keeps, he keeps switching stance, man. Look. Ben's not moving, though. Ben's staying nah, right Ben's, in front of him. Ben's staying look. right in front of him. And Reem's Kick. just like... I mean, he's slowed down. Look at the the big that Ben's taking these big... Ooh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There That's you go. probably the, the, one of the greatest overhand rights I've ever seen. That is phenomenal. And he... he 
He set that up. Ben didn't even see that one coming. The first one, whatever, but like that that second one. And I mean, it's he's Ben's just got up. Ben's again. up. It's, ben is up. There we go. One two from Ben. He's yeah, coming I feel forward. Like isn't great, there we go. I, I just, I'm like, I'm just still in right. shock. Leg kick. Leg kick. Here we go. Ben's coming forward. He, Overeem's just taken it. He's, he's got nothing left in him now. But he's fighting oh for the trenches. Here we go. He hits him with the exact same punch again, but it kind of hits him high in the back of the head. And, and Reem tries, yeah, throws that overhand right again. It's like, oh, oh there God. we go. He just finishes That's it. your third. I'm, gonna, I'm going back one more time. All right. All right here I'm we just, go. Not to the start. I just want to see that second knockdown again. Right? That second knockdown again. Ash loves it. Absolutely loves it. But Ben, man, just a warrior. Absolute warrior. Look at him. He's just coming in strong. But hands down. Hands are two down. Chevello oh, just going my off. God. Here we go. Ben's still you watch, know what? full watch, credit watch, to Ben. Watch this overhand right, how he picks it. He backs him in. He does the exact same thing. He backs him right into the corner and he picks a time. Does he fake the jab and then bang? Oh, oh my god. Oh my that, Yeah, that, just that sloppy from Ben. That, that second hand right overhand right is probably one of the greatest punches I've I've seen. Like that, that punch is perfect. Like, I don't think you get any more textbook around that punch. Oh, 100%. Yeah, but, but the, the fact is, Brett Edwards gets up again, man. He, ben Edwards. He, ben, ben Edwards. Okay, same Brent. So, sorry. He so. looks like a Brett. I'm going to call him Edwards. Edwards gets up again. And he's just that, hands. that's the crazy... I mean, he's got... Like, look at him now. As he throws after that second overhand, he's got absolutely nothing left in him. And Reem clips him straight away in the back of the ear with another overhand right. But What's it called when you, Edwards, hit, you hit him at the, the back? Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Yeah. yeah. I think that's all that was. And, and Edwards just kind of falls to the ground and he's just like, he's done, man. But you know what? He's not even out. No, because in, in kickboxing, right? You get knocked down three times, the fight's over. They don't keep... It's a TKO or technical stoppage. So... I like that rule. It's a phenomenal rule, especially in kickboxing, man. Can you imagine doing two rounds of just... And, and if, you, if you get knocked down twice in, in, in... If you get knocked down twice in a round, it's like... It's automatically like, like a 10... Is it 10-7? 10-7 or 10-8. down, it's like... I think it's like a 10-8 for one knockdown, 10-7. Someone's probably going to, like, tell me I'm wrong, and I'm probably wrong. But, like, yeah. it's a real... Because stri the striking so... The striking sports are so clear, and, like, a knockdown, it's easier to score, like... You know what I mean? Much, what a 10-8 is, what a 10-7 is, what a 10-6 is. Yeah, so, like, in kickboxing, for example, uh, kicks would get scored more highly than punches. Do you know who Edwards... What gym he was fighting out of at this stage? I think it said Bulldog. Oh, okay. So, probably North... Is that Queensland or something? Yeah, I'd say so. All the good kickboxing gyms seem to, well, back in the day, were from up north. And I think Reem was still with, was he with, he did, I think he might have left Golden Glory at this stage. He has. No one's wearing Golden Glory tops. Oh, my God. Just replay Just, after mate, replay. Wait, to, wait, wait, wait. Even if you don't want to watch the whole fight, but you're stupid not to, go go right to the end <laughs> and you'll see the... Um, you, you'll see the replays of the overhand rights. That second overhand right is like the most devastating thing I've ever, like punch I've ever seen thrown. Maybe just the reaction and the way Reem looked and like the slow mo. Off the, the Rogers fight and the aura around him in combat sports at this time for this new generation of fans, which included kind of myself, like was, was just like, he's unstoppable. I loved Alistair because the best thing about back then was all his fights. His kickboxing, his MMA at the time was all on YouTube, so you could watch it all. Not like the UFC, you had to get the pay-per-views and whatnot. So he was almost like the people's champ. He was the people's. That's a really good point. He was, and he was a really. He was. I remember seeing after the Brett Rogers fight, he went on to the um, the Ariel Hawani show for the first time. This is like the MMA was pretty new at that stage, 
And this was like, uh, so what's that? The 2010. I watched that live. I remember being home that Monday or something. I don't know why I was home, but I was home. Yep. And um, he was just the nicest guy. Like, I couldn't believe him. He was like soft-spoken, really well-spoken. Yeah. Like For a guy could... who's been knocked out a lot, yeah, he's pretty but, good. Yeah, well, no, but that was like, well, how much had you been knocked out to that? Had you been knocked out a lot? Yeah, because uh, after this Ben Edwards fight, he won three straight in kickboxing and then hadn't been knocked out. So he won seven. He'd been knocked out seven times in kickboxing up until that point. Okay, seven times. Oh, wow. Okay, seven yeah, times yeah, is yeah. a lot. That's a lot. That's you know? That's a lot. Plus his MMA. We're not going to talk about the, the, the MMA ones before that because there's so many. So yeah. many knockout losses. Do you know what? I think he's the most persistent persistent and still athlete, no, still fighter, I should say, um, that can challenge someone in a fight than, than I've ever seen in MMA. I don't, I don't think there's anyone... Who, who's fought this long, come back this many times from losses, and is still dangerous and, and can still win a title. Title contention, yeah. Title constant. contention. He's been active since 1999. That's what I mean. Like, who is there? You can say someone like, and, and like, I know this doesn't even compare, but like uh, BJ Penn, right? Keeps coming back and coming back, but yeah. he just keeps losing and he's not competitive and nobody's ever going to talk about him in title contention. Like, then you have like the Andre Oloskis of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the, but the people have the argument go... Heavyweights, a lot easier to have a prolonged career, but Alistair started off as a light heavyweight, kickboxing, MMA, yeah, so many pro- so many but promotions. Yeah. But the thing is with Alistair, he wasn't known for his brute strength or his knockout power. It's his technique, just great, solid yeah, technique. In, in in that Edwards fight, he, he throws these combinations, his hand combinations, and then hits that inside leg kick really early on in that first, well, it was only one round, but in that first round. And the leg kick was like, he was hitting a pad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Edwards didn't see that leg kick at all. I mean, it was just hitting behind that those punches beautifully. So this next fight we're going to watch is Alistair Overeem versus Brett Rogers at Strike Force Heavy Artillery. I don't know why they had really bad names. Strike Force. They should have just numbered the cards. It would have been way easier. Why? Oh, just the silly names. Like you know, they had Power of Courage and fucking I don't know any other ones. But yeah, just, <laughs> I've just got Power of Courage in front of me for some reason. <laughs> So this fight, uh, at this point in Alistair's career, he was 33 wins and 11 losses. Just crazy record. Crazy, crazy record. Uh, Brett Rogers at the time was 10-1. and one, have Coming off, off that a... loss from my man, uh, Fatal. We don't know who Fatal is. We'll, we'll have to do no, some research a, I on love that it one. It's that famous gif. Have you ever seen that where uh, Fatal hits him and someone took his head off? Like it hits uh, Brett Rogers in the face and someone had it that he hits Brett Rogers' head off? I remember that gif forever in a day. So here we go. So the guys are lined up. We've got Brett here, shaved yeah, this, head. This is on Fight Pass, guys. So you can fucking sorry, you can watch along with this if you're even interested. We'll be able to find a clip on YouTube, I think, and we'll try and re-release it. But Alistair, this was right before the Ben Edwards fight. Um, this is this is pretty much Strike Force back in the day was the number two promotion in the world on Showtime Sports, which is huge in America. They cover all the major boxing promotions. Yeah, this, this was a massive fight for them too. This did like really well. So this. This promotion was the main competitor to the UFC in the 2000s. It was Safe probably the only, probably the uh, only competitor. North American competitor. Yeah, you had Dream, um, and you had like like some of the the international ones, but I think like the only real competitor because the rest underneath this were like three steps underneath it. Yeah, but they, a lot of the like strike they were regional. They were like a hex. Yeah. you know what I mean. But. With Strikeforce, when they were acquired by the UFC, a lot of the Strikeforce champions won UFC titles. Yeah. So, and, the, and, and the, the know, fighters you know, were legit. You know, the, the funny thing was, they like you had like Strikeforce, and then you had like Strikeforce challenges where like 
the challenges cards were like the equivalent of like a fight night card, even a little less. Less, right? almost like an amateur promotion. Yeah, well, not an amateur, more like, but yeah, just less than that. Just to get them some exposure. And, like you, you know who came off those strife? Um, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey came off. Daniel the Daniel, Daniel Cormier, Cormier came off those. Yeah, yeah. They're considered the greatest of all time. Yeah, and they come out of these like you know what I mean. Like the UFC was such good at marketing, thinking that fighters outside of their promotion and they still do a, a second tier right yeah but they kind of like nearly crushed that on themselves when they let mighty when they changed mighty mouse for um ben Askren. ben Askren because they they kind of nearly ad, not admitted but like they were like you know what we see the value in trading our champion for your champion which yep. means they have value and stock in that champion a hundred percent and we all know what happened there all right so the guys are just about to line up across the cage um brett warrogers and Alistair Overeem. Just the cage, it wasn't like a octagon, Brett, it's a hexagon. And, and, yeah, and Brett Rogers was like super cocky coming to this fight, and I don't know if he knew enough about Overeem or he did or he didn't care, because I don't know how active Overeem, I can't remember how active Overeem been. Like, extremely. Actions. Not in MMA, but Not in M- kickboxing. MMA is, yeah, is what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, he was extremely yeah. active. Here okay. we go. Boys are coming forward. I Alistair Overeem. Equal in size too. Orthodox stance, wearing the red gloves. Very yeah. weird watching him. Have... I, I like those orange and black shorts, that the Dutch shorts that he's wearing. And the full the, tilt poker everywhere. They were his colours, man. Orange and black. Yeah, well, they're the Dutch colours. Yeah. But it's just weird watching him wear MMA gloves now. You already mean? I don't know. It's just after watching all these kick- kickboxing matches. I mean, he's, 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 his clinch is like, is so good, man. Like, he just comes forward on people. Like, he knows he can get taken down. Look at, look at his stance. It's very, very narrow. But it, he it, still it, comes forward. Narrow? I, I would say he's real low to the ground. Well, he's pointing his hips down into the ground, but his legs are sort of very close apart, you know, in terms of his stuff in a takedown. He's not really going to be able to Man, do it look successfully. At, look at him. He just, he's just landed like a body kick and then went to like a leg kick and then inside. an inside leg kick on Rogers, right? I'm not trying... I don't want to commentate the fight, but like, I just love watching how accurate he was with these kicks. And I felt like that uh, later on in the UFC, as he started to kind of get countered with those punches and got knocked out, he threw... Le- I feel like maybe he's thrown less of those kicks. Yeah. Because, I, like, the, the little amount of striking that I know of is, like, he, you know, you counter those you counter those kicks with a straight punch, right? Yeah. But he's the most accurate fighter in the in UFC heavyweight history. So, that, he doesn't is that, miss. Is that, is that your opinion or is that a stat? No, that's a stat. Oh, okay. They, always, they always bring it up. In terms of his striking percentage, I mean, he, he only throws to hit. He doesn't throw to, to get people to cover up. He throws to land. And every time he throws, he lands. I mean, he just tossed hit Brett Rogers and he's like laying on top of him in side control. And Brett Rogers got like his feet up against on the cage. And like, he, Brett Rogers must have been shitting himself. Like, this is not the... Like, at this stage, Reem was a brown belt. He'd won. No, like, no, no, no. He's not a brown belt. Not even here. No, he's a blue belt still. In 2010? In 2019. He's a blue belt. No, he's a brown belt, man. Nah, he, he nah, won nah, the nah. brown belt trials. Dude, it says here, he's a blue belt. He's a blue belt under Joaquin Valenti, Gui Valenti, and Pedro Valenti. The Valenti brothers. Yeah, that, he went and put on a... He's competed as a brown belt. Yeah, though. he probably has. But in terms of in the gi, which is the and only I mean, only form of Brazilian jiu-jitsu... And he Mark Hunt. Yeah, 100%. So, make, he, no, make no mistake, did right? Did he submit Vitor? Vitor Belfort. Let let me go to the archives Could on be that wrong. one. Have a look. Nah, on. nah. Huh? It was a okay. UD unanimous okay. decision. Right. My bad. Make no mistake. We're talking about Alistair Overeem striking a lot. The guy knows how to grapple. He won the European trials though, like um, in jiu-jitsu. I don't know. I can't remember if that was no gear or no. Submission gear. wrestling, uh, the ADCC in Stockholm in two thousand and five. He won it at ninety nine kilos. 
So that, he can legit. grapple. He can grapple. That's what I mean. Like, he ain't no joke, yeah? All right. I thought he was a brown belt at some stage. Okay. I'll this is why we love him. Belt. This is why we love him, because he's so well-rounded. And he's a blue belt under the Valenti brothers. I mean, and he's nearly 40, man. Like, you know what I mean? And he's competitive. Like, Brett Rogers is just constantly getting just beat up against the cage. Like, and Brett Rogers looks like James Tony when he was on the ground, right? Oh, James Tony. flat on his back, just like squirming like a worm. Has no idea what's going on. And it's kind of like, you know... Um, Alistair's control here is just phenomenal. Like he's yeah, the way he not, places his hips, he he's, way he places his hips to control his body. Arwin, uh, no, he's not doing a Shane Cowan. Here we go. There you go. He, nice loop and hooks Brett over Rogers the top. Is doing a Brock. <laughs> Massive Brock. But Man, see, they're all accurate shots. Like accurate. he, he knows. He's, I can't believe they keep letting him go on like this. He's just getting grounded. Nah, a couple of on. shots to the back of the head there. Oof. Yeah, I mean, like, mate, I, I can't believe that. There was we go. On. And that was done. Like he just defeated Brett Rogers. Like he just came out. Hip tossed him, got him into side control, beat him up from side control, and then ground and pounded him to the face, and like the fight was over. You know what I mean? He's just, just a specimen of a man. Are we going to talk about his body at any point in this podcast? Yeah, I think, I think his body. I think he looks really good here. He looks very thin. He looks like lean. He, He's he like looks lean. lean. Yeah. Look, if he was on cycle, there's his brother. His brother, great MMA fighter as well. Val, 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 Valentino over him. Yeah. In and out of jail, unfortunately. So yeah. for all you fans, Brett Rogers in jail now. And his brother, and Al Sofer, his brother's in jail? Ah, uh, he's probably out now, but they don't yeah. speak anymore. I watched an interview recently, and they don't speak anymore. They may speak probably like once every couple of months. It's quite sad. Actually, so this episode, this episode two, or around this time, was the birth of uh, The Ream. Yes. His reality show. Oh my God, if you haven't seen anything, stop stop our podcast and go and watch that. No, 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 no. Don't stop the podcast, man. Nah, go and watch it. We've got the sponsors to look after. We've got to look after the sponsors, man. You can't, can't be selling out, out other people's shit. Mac Daddy's Mac and Cheese. Boom. There you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. Our sponsors. You don't mention this podcast and you will not get a discount. <laughs> okay? Just remember that. But but besides that, like, uh, yeah, the Ream, the Ream his, his show that was on YouTube, I think it was on his own website too, and he's on his own chronicles like is uh, in black and white time. yeah it's in black and white it's oh. so well done it's i think it's one of the best um it's by far my favorite mma documentaries and they were made by the ream and his people right the best the best one i loved was when he beat brock lesnar new year's eve card goes to the club with afro jack of all people and he's there spraying the crowd with champagne and he's up there on the decks with Afro yeah, Jack. Yeah, I see. And I was like, this is the best. What <laughs> and a- you love Afro Jack. Oh, right? I love Afro Jack. Who doesn't? But both Dutch. The Dutch, but- man, they stick together. Oh, is he Dutch? I didn't know Afro Jack was oh, Dutch. Man, all the best house producers are from the Netherlands. The Swedish house mafia. Yes, that's it. All right, so let's keep moving along here. There's not more we can say. He just dismantled Brett Rogers. That was his massive coming out to, like, you know, this is the heart of To MMA, the American audience. To the American, North American yeah. audience, yeah. And like that was that, that was such a huge showing for him, and that's what I said. I saw him on the MMA hour afterwards, and he was just fantastic. This the aura around now, the Alistair Overeem versus Brock Lesnar UFC one forty one around this fight. I mean, this is probably my favorite time of Overeem coming into this fight. Like, it might not be the most exciting fight, but I just remember the build up to this fight. This was like a win for the hardcores. This was like finally we're going to get a legitimate heavyweight to come in and challenge for the title. We got a guy who's history not, not, in, in yeah, kickboxing no this wasn't a title yeah, fight yeah. but this was the, the MMA underground was going nuts they're like we've got Alistair Overeem he's a legend in Strike Force, a legend in K1 a legend in Japan yeah. he's going to come into the UFC bring some order into the UFC get rid of this clown that is Brock Lesnar because 
to be honest, no one really liked Brock Lesnar yeah, being like, the heavyweight title. Because Brock Lesnar was coming off like uh, what fight uh, before this? Like I can't even remember to absolutely. It would have been. Um, well, yeah, that's just, actually we, good. We just did his episode. We just did episode. We should definitely know that. And he must have been coming off a fight with John Cena or something like that. Maybe <laughs> John Cena. Yeah, go up, go up, go up, go up, go up, go up. Here we go. Uh, he was coming off the Cain Velasquez loss. Oh wow, that's the infamous uh, turnaround. Like GIF too. The Giffy. I, I hate GIFs, but I remember all these GIFs. Yeah, he was on a tear. Actually, so like, he's still, uh, in terms of, like, the in terms of Brock Lesnar's strength in MMA, no, I'm saying the wrong thing. In terms of Brock Lesnar being in MMA, he'd won four fights in a row. So it was that Heath Herring, Randy Couture, Frank Mir, Shane Carwin. He'd had that, that shitty loss to Kane, but he hadn't lost too much yet in the face of MMA. No. Where MMA fans were like, this could, like, if you didn't know a whole lot about over him, you'd still probably think this could be competitive. Oh, 100%. And this fight was a New Year's Eve fight too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, December sure. 30. This is the Afrojack era. The Afrojack well, Not the Afrojack era. era, but you know, the Afrojack uh, moment. But this fight, I actually remember watching this fight as well. This was, Brock looked pretty good in this fight, to be honest. Like in terms home. of his physique. Actually, I stayed home this year too. It was two years. Two years in a row I stayed home to watch these fights. To all the listeners out there, if you're sensing a theme here you, you, and you're picking up what Ash is putting down, he needs some invites to New Year's Eve, right? He stays yeah. home a lot. <laughs> Actually, this year my mum's like, do you want to come to our, uh, my aunties with us? Oh, she, God. I'm like, I'm not staying home because I have nowhere to go. I'm staying home because uh, also Nate Diaz for uh, Cowboy Cerrone on this card and dismounted him. That's right, yeah. This yeah. was this that was, was a, a real really good stayed. time. <laughs> and then I watched the uh, the MMA anyway. But if anyone's got plans for New Year's Eve and need a plus one, Ash is uh, available. Oh, I'm usually around. Now that I have a wife, I have to take her along. <laughs> like, I'm still here. All right, so let's just quickly. I'm just before I push play on this fight. Let's just talk about that infamous way in those infamous photos. I think we mentioned that they're both hitting that double gun pose. Oof. Maybe it's bigger in my head than it actually is, but no, I just no, no. remember it looking huge. It's big. It's it's bigger than big. Like these guys are coming in day after weigh in after you know, yeah. IVing up or whatever, and they still look shredded and jacked. I think that's the only like I'm looking in in my room recording in like my, my office here. Let's call it that. Yes, and the I've office. And I've got like a, a bunch of UFC posters up on my wall that are from the card signed by the whole card that I bought like over the years um, and I think one of the only ones I wanted to really ever add was that uh, Overeem and Brock fought with them both on the, the front of the poster yeah. like they're both I think it's like a full body shot of them Yeah. Um, that's still one poster I'd love to add to my collection just because I love that poster and just the aura around that fight well, if anyone wants to buy it for us they yeah, can uh, right. give us a call alright so we're going to play this fight now oh, so they're both lining up here Brock looks Fucking huge. He just come back off that disease in his stomach. Diverticulitis. Yeah, and Reem had been talking about the liver kick. He'd been talking about that was the, how he was going to finish the fight. What's fascinating about this fight is Overeem's hands. They are so low. He's got no respect for Brock Lesnar whatsoever. I think this is the scared, the, the scaredest, if that's even a word, that I've ever seen Brock too. Because in the cane... Send the Flintstones? He's doing twinkle toes right yeah, now. Yeah, like he, he looks... Look at him. He looks, oh, oh! Again, the, the Alistair throws that overhand right that he throws so well. And his kind of forehand hits the top of Brock's head and sends him sends him flying. To all our fans out there who don't really train martial arts or anything like that, if you're ever in a fight, do not put your hands down and your chin up, which is exactly what Alistair Overeem is doing right now. His chin is wide open in the air. Brock just threw a bitch slap. Was that was that the birth of the Brock, Stockton slap? Oh, Brock, the birth of the 
Stockton slide. That was a Stockton slap nah, right there. No, no, because Nate on this card slaps around. The well, there you go. Alistair over him just doing tips. That's what you get when you stay home New Year's. You get that fucking advice. Look at that. Hands oh, it look, down. Hold on, Reem's cut. What happened there? From the slap. How oh, can she slap? Right. Here we go. Yeah. Look at that. His hands are down. I can't believe. They've both got hands at their waist. Like, Brock, I, don't, I don't think Brock's never been this tentative. But you know what? Hands off for Brock for taking this fight. Boom. Knee. Oh, my God. Knee yeah. in the guts. And I think that's the only thing that Brock didn't want was to get caught against the cage in his clinch and eat a knee or two just like Overeem did. I mean, like, you know, Reem is a bit cautious too. He knows how big this fight is. But like, Boom. Knee again. Man, knee again. Another knee. knee Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Here we go. Like, oh, like, there we and go. Then, and then, you know, Brock eats some big punches. Like, respect to Brock, yeah? Like... This, like I said, this, this was a big fight to come back after that time. And do you know what was funny? Elsa Overeem's not a trash talker. He said before this fight, I'm going to send him back to the WWE, which is exactly... Is what he said? Yep. I remember that. I'm going to take him apart piece by piece. That's a really bad... Because Brock only fought once after this, which was the... Uh, Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt. It was almost like five years later. Yeah. It was a money fight. And he fucking pissed hot anyway. I love that term, pissing hot. That's my favorite term. It's like the pissing hot. Pissing hot. No one else has used it. Uh, we should trademark that shit. Trademark. Put on a t-shirt. Over him, hands down, oh. coming forward, got Brock pressed oh, up against oh, the cage. Over him is just flying, fucking throwing fucking flying knees from like a meter away from and him. And this guy's a heavyweight. Oh, he just hit that liver kick. Oh, there we go. He just, just body just shot. Hit just that liver kick. And then, and then he finishes him with the like ground and pound. But he there said, we go. Like, mate, he hit that liver kick with so much accuracy. Do you know what's fascinating about that right that moment there? Let's go back to it just for a second. Alistair Overeem stops the fight before the ref does. He's just like, come on. like this is, These, are unanswered. Yamasaki, these are unanswered shots. What are you doing? Like He backs up, switches stance, and then throws that kick. Why hasn't Mario got his shirt tucked in? It's just unprofessional. <laughs> He's too busy doing his love heart. But this fight, you know. Oh, he, there's one knee, two knee. We've just gone back again. It put the nail Left, in the coffin right, of his career. Knee. Man, he's just... Like, Reem was on a switcher stance again. Bang. Like, you know, he's going to back him up again here. Throws a knee. Throws Boom. a kick. Brock's trying to catch that kick. He wants that takedown. Bad. He can't do nothing right now. He's breathing really, really heavy. He throws that real long jab, like, where he kind of stands out with his face. It's really interesting. Brock, I'm talking about, sorry. I mean, he's been doing that for, and then he brought, and then Alistair's gonna fire that that left switch, bang right. Look at that slip! Thing. That was a nice slip by Alistair. I don't think Alistair thought this oh. would be this easy. I thought Alistair, Alistair probably thought he was in for a war. He didn't he really think it was gonna be that? this. Well, Brock's oh, all. There we go. Oh, there we go. It was like a delayed, reaction. Was a delayed reaction. Mass it's is like a that bass root and um, kidney punch. Oh yes. There we go. Punch then, him in the body yeah, there. We just we had to watch that. We had to go back on that again. So that was the first round of uh, the first first first, first fight in the UFC. First fight, yeah. yeah, first ever fight in the UFC. I mean, like, yeah, that was, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I can say. Like, I was just, I was, I remember this. This episode of the Ream Two was the best, right? Because with we, Afrojack. Yeah, with Afrojack. <laughs> but the actual episode of the Ream, the UFC wouldn't let them film um, this episode. I guess in the arena or the fight because the fight was so big yep so Reem asked people and I only found that afterwards I would have loved to have done it is that for people to film themselves around the world watching the fight oh uh, have you seen this episode yes yes and yes what happened was is that people all set up their cameras on their TV and, and it's showing the country where they are in the world 
and then people are watching it and reacting to it and that and it just cut into all the and I just I just love the video because it was just like there's how many people were rooting for Alistair Overeem yeah so so your video would have been me by myself in my bedroom what snacks are we talking about what's the snack situation uh, like my mum usually cooks for me so I think she'd left the house so I probably wasn't eating at that stage <laughs> starvation <laughs> yeah. but all, I was like yeah this like the the knees just the knees that um that Brock ate. And you know what? Thinking about it, he probably crumbled on that kick because of the... He ate like four knees to that rib before. Yeah. He worked it up. He, he sort of uh, warmed up his body for a bit and just finished him off really, really quickly. This was the birth of the Reem. This was the birth of probably... You know, well, his that, profile, that, that, his star that, that, just that grew. made him the biggest heavyweight fighter in the world at that stage. 100%. Um, but because unfortunately, like most things, all good things must come to an end. And I'm not talking about his career. I'm talking about... The promised title shot. Because he, he was on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fight win streak. Artin Brock. Actually, you could call it another 12. three. Yeah, because there was a no contest before his UFC fight. You know, a couple of fights in uh, no contest in Dream, and then his uh, his yeah the submission Mark Hunt. So he's all of them. So he wins. So in two thousand and September sixteen, two thousand seven, he wins the. Strikeforce heavyweight title, but then doesn't defend it for three years. And so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Brett Rogers, 10, 11, 12. So yeah, 12. Brock Lesnar was his 12th straight win. And four straight kickboxing matches yeah, in, in, in amongst that. that. Yeah. Which, which is freaking crazy, yeah? Phenomenal. And then he has a little bit of trouble in his testosterone. Um, What's the term? What's the technical term for what happened to him? Uh, his TE levels? He pissed hot. He uh, pissed hot. Yeah. Oh, no, it was actually... No, it was testosterone levels. Was You're testosterone. right. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So, what happens is, in this episode of The Ream, he talks about, like, he gets his testosterone levels. He says it's affected by a painkiller that he was given for a rib injury, right? Yeah. And the only way that this may have been true is he has, in his documentary that shows him leading up into this fight, he has all this footage of him going to the doctor, going to the specialist, him having an x-ray on his rib, and everything he said is kind of supported by video that yeah. he then releases that kind of pro- like shows his story. Now, I'm not going to say that his testosterone levels were exactly because of what he said, but yeah. the video corroborates everything he says. Let's let's just put it, things into perspective. You and I, being the manly men that we are, we have Arr. a we have a one to one testosterone range. Okay, do we? We're supposed to. Okay, we're supposed. But I okay. mean, like, what, what? I mean, the allowed limit in the UFC is six to one. Well, at that stage, I don't know if at that's that stage, changed. No, yeah. I, yeah. At the time, it was six to one. Alistair had a fourteen to one testosterone range. Yeah, right. What he's what like? What the hell? What? What is he like? I can see his physique and the way he was and the way he fought, and I understand why he was yeah, fourteen he was, to one. He was, and he was needs huge. to be fourteen to one to beat Brock Lesnar. Technically, yeah. no, but physically, yes, absolutely, he needs to. So what happened was after that fight, he was scheduled to fight for the UFC title. He's pr- promised this big, big title fight. And yeah, the UFC- so he won. He won this fight, and he was supposed to fight uh, the winner of Kane and JDS. Yes. Or had that fight happened? That had already happened. So Jun- was Junior was the fight. champion. Junior was the champion. Then so the fight, that was right? going to happen on the twenty sixth of May two thousand and twelve at UFC one forty six. What what fight card was that one with Brock Lesnar? And uh, that was one forty one. Yeah. So five pay per views later, he was going to fight JDS for the title, and then uh, the testosterone. Um, results came in and he basically pissed hot 
And he was then, like, he was, uh, he went to NSAC, which is the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Dogs, dogs. Woof. They tried to fight it again with showing he had the video proof and the x-rays. Uh, claims of the positive came back for prescribed anti-inflammatory medication that was mixed with testosterone. Yep. They filed that against NSAC on the 24th of April, 2012. And the it says here the request was denied, which we know. And uh, Overeem had... Was I think that Overeem was out for like twelve months. Yeah, because he doesn't then fight until so that's um, no, I think it was two years actually. Because when 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 is the fight? It was time? a two year. Yeah, so this gap. is thirty to seven two thousand eleven. He gets no, it, I think it was yeah. Two, it, it, it comes it, back nah, in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, but it's it's one year. Yeah. So because it goes back to it, like they go back to when it happened. So we had twelve months out, which was pretty much the whole of two thousand and twelve. Because this fight happened New Year's Eve two thousand and eleven. Yeah. And then he doesn't fight again until 2013, which is the Antonio Silva fight. It's just crazy. He was on this massive run with kickboxing, MMA, beats the biggest star in MMA. The UFC were, like, devastated. I was devastated. Yeah, we I was were, absolutely I know, shattered. Know, At this point in time, I was a massive fan of Alistair. I was watching heaps of interviews with him. I was watching the Ream. I was watching his interviews on um, the Helwani show. And it was just all crushed. He was gone. Disappeared for 12 months. Yeah, I mean, like, you can go back to point that was probably his biggest point in time, like, in his career, in MMA, in striking, and his biggest chance to win, because he would have beat JDS. And then at that point in time, he would have won every single title yeah, in they, combat sports. They were calling him the greatest greatest champion, not even heavyweight champion, because he had the dream, he had the strike force, and he had the uh, K1 title. Three titles. He had three titles, and there's that infamous photo of him kind of um, with all holding all the belts that I remember, crazy, crazy, and like yeah, that he he would have beat he would have beat JDS. I have no doubt about it. JDS oh. kind of got lucky. Yeah, I mean really? he kind of got lucky in that real fight. Look what Kane did to him, like two like yeah, but Kane took him down and ground and pounded him. I don't think I, I, it would have been. I remember the ground and pound. I remember him being on the cage, like yeah, yeah. but he stuffed him down, you know, Kane Velasquez style. I don't I don't think JDS had that fight like it was in seconds that fight ended. I think JDS versus Alistair Overeem at that point in time. JDS was at the peak. He peaked at that time. Yeah, that was his peak. That was his I absolute. don't I don't think it was going to be as one-sided as we thought. I don't know if it was going to be one-sided, but I reckon he would have beat him. I think JDS would have come out on top just quietly. I guess we'll never know, right? Well, history tells tells a different story well, to what actually happened. Tell, yeah, which we'll proves me right but it's still <laughs> but that's still two years later too right so yeah. like a lot has changed like jds has been beat up how many fucking times oh man his face his lips like beyonce I think, like i Whoa. think he only had the one cane fight or maybe i don't know if he had both cane he fights, had two cane fights by the time he fights ring he had yeah the three the two other cane fights or all three cane all three cane fights were yeah, done right. and dusted by the time yeah. they fought he, he was yeah someone should fucking should have taken him around the back and shot him like a dead cow like you know what i mean he didn't who JDS, JDS, shoot him like a dead cow. Why? Well, I mean, he he's still competitive. After... He's still good. Nah, he's not. I mean, like he's the gypsy. Permanent... His name's the gypsy. Sigano, he... he's the best yeah, man. Nah, he's 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 he, 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 he for his own sake he shouldn't be fighting anymore. After that third cane fight, he shouldn't have been fighting. Someone should have said taking him away and being like no more. Do you remember those photos of his face? Yeah, they were, they were pretty bad, and he had a it's, lot of surgery. I can't even surgery. laugh about it anymore because it like it worries me of how bad that would be. Uh, no it's like it's like the amount of punches that Stepe threw to Mark Hunt's head. Anyway, I, I agree with you there, but Alistair, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, this was the end of his run. This uh, yeah, he, this, this really was the end of his run. It's not the end of our episode, but it was it was the end of like. You know, 2011, 2012. 2012 would have been the biggest year ever for Alistair Overeem. 
like in terms of like achieving all the goals that he ever talked about coming into the UC, coming into combat sports. And it's kind of sad. Um, I mean, like we can argue that he was taking that stuff or he wasn't taking that stuff. I know a lot of his physical attributes show that. Um, but like, yeah, it is what it is, man. So we can leave that and we can just move on to our last our last fight of the night, which is actually Overeem and Dos Santos. I think the it's fight like, that should that should have happened. Yeah, this is the fight that should have happened directly after him beating Reese. Emo- emotional times you right have a now. Date on that? It's 2015. The, I know that. But yeah. I don't know when. So 19th of December 2015. 2015. This Shit, was a UFC on Fox card. Exactly four years from the the Brock um, win. For the Brock win, yeah. Yeah. So he would have should have had that fight six months later, maybe. Too little, too late. I I say, this was yeah. uh, this is actually and this is. So after the Brock fight, Reem fights Antonio Silva, gets KO'd. He probably took that fight way too lux. And, and, oh, and, and, didn't care. Yeah, Did not and, care and one bit. Tra- he, he, Travis Brown he got gets, lucky. Got, Travis Brown gets lucky. And then Travis Brown builds like a whole career off that fight. One fight. One fight. Right? Shit cunt. He fights Mir in that kind of terrible decision, wins that fight. Fights yep. Ben Rothwell. I think kind of gets caught in that fight really early yep. on. Then goes on a tear. Absolute tear. Then kind of goes on a tear again, which is he... he these are four wins in a row. Stefan Strew, Roy Nelson, and the JDS fight, and Andre Olofsky. So let's take a step back here and let's play the JDS fight. Alistair at the time, um, changed in, probably changed 10 gyms 10 different times. Yeah, so I, I guess at this stage he's um, at uh, Albuquerque. Yeah. yeah, Jackson's for this one. So earlier on he leaves Golden Glory and he kind of floats around. and he, He's always kind of had his own camp. and got Black Zillions. Yeah, the Black Zillions. Yeah. Before that, he tried out at um, Randy Coutu- uh, Stream Couture. Yep. Um, but I he think spent he... a bit of time at Black Zillions, but there's supposed to be some bad blood there because his manager at the time was Glenn Robbins, which was the owner of J- Jacko. Um, oh, Jacko and, Sports, yeah. yeah. And owner of the Black Zillions Center, who was like a, a million, a, uh, or maybe even a billionaire, I don't know, Outside of MMA, but just yeah. like MMA, and then he died. Yeah, he's dead. Died yeah, recently. Had a heart attack. Yeah, he died. Yeah, and then like I, I don't know where him and Reem were at the time of his death, um, but I know Reem kind of after Glenn Robbins leaving Glenn Robbins up for whatever reason at any time, kind of floated around, ended up in Thailand and yeah. Europe training. Alistair still looks good, man. He's Alistair he's, looks good. he's standing across the cage he's from JDS. Looks really here. good. Here we JDS go. JDS looks. So look at the difference in terms of their um their hand positioning and his footwork in comparison to the last fight that we watched. Alistair's got a really tight, high guard. JDS known as a boxer. But JDS is known as a boxer, right? Yeah. Brock wasn't. Just a lot of feeling out process. I think this fight is predominantly feeling out process. But no uh, no orange and black for the ring. Don't like the shorts? Nah, but I think this was, this was the... This was the... Um this was the Reebok, the birth of Reebok, right? Yeah, one of the so first cards. So this first round is like feeling out. I'm kind of so we're fast forwarding a lot of this, but yeah, I, I at mean, this point in time, Junior's nose is a bit busted up. Been hitting the nuts, Mister Room. There, bit of a nut shot. Watch this. Yeah, JDS. The one that, kick that. he's thrown in his entire career. Boom! Oh, that was a teep, teep to the nuts. Teep to the dick. So I think that this is the end of the first round, anyway. So we're like we we're about to go into the second here. Well, we're in, yeah, we're in the second round, so let's let it play here, because I don't think it comes to it. Both so, guys real sweaty, overhand right, bit sloppy from the ream, nice yeah, leg look, kick. You, you can tell, like, ream, he's, he's, he's slipped Ten- right down. He's very tentative. And but, I mean, I know that him going to Jackson, there was a big thing about him slimming right down. But the thing was, too, he 
has this reputation of having a glass jaw, and I think he knows that in this fight. He yeah. knows that one shot from JDS can drop him. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's just what happens when you get hit that many times. And like I kind of mentioned before, I still think that he, he had a, a lot of time coming to a, such a high level of MMA when he was used to covering up with those big gloves. And yes. Trying to cover up those, what what are they, like uh, four-ounce gloves? Eight-ounce. Eight-ounce, eight eight whatever you want to call them. Yep. Much smaller than the 10 or 12 he was probably fighting with. Yep. Or, and probably the, maybe the 16s he was used to training Training with, yeah. So, like, covering yeah. up with those gloves is such a big, like, massive difference. And it's just muscle memory that your hand comes to your jaw, right? Yeah. So, he's in his mid to late 30s at this point in time. Yeah, this he's is... He's is, still this looking is, really good. He still, still looks really, really That's good. what I mean. He's always been competitive. Like, he's JDS. Like, like you said, I guess he was always dangerous with the, those hands. Even though JDS was boxing it, had, I think, and JDS had kind of fallen off a long way and... You know, this fight, like, it, it, it just, it, it wasn't the most, most uh, interesting fight, but I think we picked this fight because of the fight that it ha- should have happened, like, three, year, four years ago. It was such a pivotal moment in that time where they were both, you know, Alistair was going to be... Twilight. Their... They're both in the twilight of their careers at this point. Yeah. It's I, either I, I one way. You can call Alistair in his twilight, but, like, uh, JDS, yes. I mean, like, Alistair's always fought too hard and fought too much not to stay out of the twilight yeah he borders it definitely well I think Alistair was having his run for the title he's probably one last shot at the title at this point in at time at this point yeah, yeah at this point in time definitely I mean I feel like he's always one shot away until he retires or he gets knocked out seven more times in a row Alistair will always be one shot away and one from time and I don't think like too many people would argue they should um, just put him in a title fight, man. They should, they should. Just like a Michael Bisping, yeah, short notice. Well, he did. He got the fight against Stipe, right? But that wasn't short notice. He had that plenty of notice. Yeah, but yeah. And, and I couldn't believe what Stipe did to him. You know, Stipe I mean, just I, I think I said this in the last podcast. I'm like, I, I can, I, I, I never, I never pick Stipe, and he, he picks me wrong every time, and like, I'm not even mad about it, but I just, I can't pick him. Like, I'm mad about it. it. I love Alistair over him. Yeah, that was that. That was like super interesting. I thought that fight was going to be pretty easy for him, man. I'm always going to be a fan of Alistair, just regardless of what happens. But this fight is quite boring, actually. It is, it is quite boring. A lot more boring than I kind of remember. It's, it's sloppy technique, really, from both guys. I mean, he still landing those inside leg kicks and those outside leg kicks. There we go. We just fast forward to the hammer fist. So he, so he knocks him down. So at oh. the end, the end of the second round, so if you want to skip through to a minute left of the second round. Probably the best way to watch it. I'm guessing he maybe he hits him with that overhand right and knocks him back, or it's a, some type of kick. I mean, he's always been so successful with that overhand. Well, maybe not overhand right, but overhand, I should say. Here we um, go. Boom, body kick. The body kick. Hands are low. Hands are low. Doesn't want to hit that body kick again. And I can't even remember what he is. I'm kind of hoping he hits him with the overhand. Or an elbow. I love elbows. Boom. See, Spinning elbow. Bang. Look, Ooh, there you go. straight to the body. That was nice. Like Reem goes, that was nice. Covers up high against the cage. Over him's like, man, I've got a glass jaw. Hit my jaw. Hit my Come on. Jaw. <laughs> Hit my jaw. Come on. Reem does that real quick step in too. Boom. Oh, hook. That was a left hook. Nice. Hammer and fist. Just hammer fists. And that was it. And that was the end of that saga. That was the end of that saga. I mean, like, that wasn't the most exciting one, but I just felt like that even this was this fight was nearly even more important that he's lost to Stipe. Yes. Like it, we know we keep talking about him getting a title shot and he actually get a title shot and we don't even watch that fight. Yeah. You can go watch that fight he gets a title shot and he loses but just the fact that this was so important that this fight was supposed to happen. I think they were matched up even previously. But they that matched fight, up twice. Twice. They've been yeah, matched up that, twice. I think that's why they, this fight is so important. Um, just in the history of like 
Man, I that sh- left hook just kind of grazes JDS's chin. I mean, he's not out on the ground, but it's the way he kind of turtles and then gets eats those punches. I actually watched this fight card live. I remember it because it was Dos Anjos versus Cowboy. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the lightweight title. Yeah, for the yeah, lightweight yeah. title. And it was a Fox card as well. It wasn't a yeah, pay-per-view. Yeah, that, that was a Fox so card. So I think, yeah. I mean, Alistair, just a great stand-up, a great mixed martial artist, just really, really well-rounded and really diverse. And I hope the viewers can understand why we've picked Alistair over him as Chapter 2. Yeah, so we, 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 we kind of looked at the what we thought was the biggest heavyweight of all time. Not the best, not the greatest, but the most recognized and biggest. being The draw. Yeah, the, the biggest draw, which is Brock. Probably brought the most viewers ever to the UFC. 100%. Maybe not M- I don't know if not ever. MMA, but like... Yeah. But no, let's say the UFC. I'm not yeah. going to say MMA, right? We'll say the UFC. Um, I think Alistair Overeem is probably the most hungry athlete that I can ever think of consistently through combat sports who wanted something so badly and still to this day like what's his record have you got his record after this so this is to the end of 2015 what is his record look after this as we kind of wrap up this podcast let me bring it up so his record after this right so he he beats junior de santos beats andre oloski which was his teammate at the time which would have been an interesting fight because they're both training at the same gym it was and that was in the netherlands too Loses to Stipe, beats Mark Hunt, beats Fabricio Verdum, then loses to Francis Ngannou, Curtis Blades, and then currently on a two-fight win streak. He is still up there. I That's believe I mean. he's, probably two, won, he's, he's probably two... He's probably two fights away still from him. Two fights. Give him two fights. I reckon if he rematches Ngannou and beats him, or be, those last two losses against Blades or Ngannou, if he re- rematches either of those guys... I don't know if the UFC them, does that, though. He, hey, if he wants a title shot... Alistair over him will nah, do what he needs to do. the best thing that Stipe isn't the, isn't the champion anymore, right? Yeah. So, like, you can give him another title shot because it's not a rematch, but Stipe kind of, like, made him look stupid. Could you imagine DC and over him? Wouldn't be pretty. It wouldn't be pretty, but it'd be an interesting fight. I'm, I'm, I'm he hasn't keen to see. Him. Like, he never fought Kane. That's the only fight I really ever wanted to yeah. see. In your perspective, do you think his career won't be complete until he wins that UFC title? No, because then you're kind of looking at like someone like the other person. I can only think of this is like Uriah Faber, like, um, like the one that could have been the one that could have been. But I mean, like, he's done so much other other in this sport. And to wrap it up, it's like he's proved himself well and well again. Like you know, we we talked about earlier on about the the non UFC um, promotions being like the Strike Force contenders and the Strike Force the Strike Force fighters that come on to be some of the greatest fighters of all time. So to me, that just proves that you don't need to be in the UFC to or win a UFC belt to be considered the greatest of all time or be, no matter the greatest of all time, but just to be a great fighter. I mean, you have to remember he's on the other side of his career being nearly 40 years old. Like at some stage, you can only, exceed, I always say this, you can only exceed up at some level and that, that, that level has to come down. Like that graph has to come down on some stage. And some people were better with stepping away, like someone like Jeep, um, GSP was better at stepping away before that graph started to fall on that other side. Mm-hmm. BJ Penn wasn't so great at that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but, I, I think I think I think he'll forever be remembered. He'll ever be regarded as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Definite Hall of Famer. Hundred percent. One of our favorite fighters, and we're so happy we we're able to cover him in Chapter Two of the Chronicles. We, uh, as always, like, share, and subscribe the page. We hope you enjoyed. Please check out all his fights. Check out our YouTube channel. We're going to be releasing some content on YouTube soon. Share with your friends. And uh, Gypsy, thanks for another episode. Thank you. Bye-bye.